Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. It's time to reconnect with your peers at the world's largest hybrid gathering of meetings, events, and hospitality professionals only at Cvent Connect. As the world moves towards recovery, Cvent Connect 2021 will usher in a new golden age of events as a fully reimagined hybrid event experience that accommodates any attendee preference, in person or virtual. Choose to join from your couch, your car, your office, or at the all-new Caesars Forum, August 1st through 4th, 2021. Register now at cvent.com connect, and we'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How Great Events Happen. Super excited. We have back again with us Rachel Andrews, who's the head of meetings and events here at Cvent. We also have Paulina Giusti, who is the lead planner for this flagship event, Cvent Connect hybrid this year. Hi, both of you. It's good to see you again. Hi. So glad to be back. Yeah. And I know that we are up against the clock here. You guys have a lot to do with just a few weeks until this event goes live in Vegas. So I do want to quickly hit on a few topics that is on everyone's mind about this hybrid event design. And I want to start with this two very unique audiences you have. You have virtual and you have in-person. How are you catering to both of those audiences? Yeah, Brooke, it was a daunting task at first, but I think just like you would approach any event, you want to understand what the goals are of your event. And so once you've understood and defined what those sort of North Stars are, is it an event to grow your membership base? Is it an event, a user conference? Is it a revenue generating expo? So these are the types of questions among many, many more where we were able to help define the scope of the program. And then once the scope and those goals are defined, we start to look at them from the attendee vantage points, right? And we say, okay, does this type of programming make sense for us to host in-person only? Does it make sense for us to stream this out to the virtual audience? Or is this something that is uniquely catered to the virtual audience? So we started looking at the unique pieces of programming and defining how they would fit into our attendee architecture. It doesn't have to be a complex process, honestly. The way we thought about Cvent Connect, it's a showcase for us. We wanted to make sure that we're showing, you know, best practices, key learnings, and major takeaways for our customers who are coming on site to say, okay, I'm going to implement how they did general session, or I'm going to take how they defined and organized their product showcase and bring that to my event and showcase it to my constituents. So we did a lot of this with the mindset of what's going to be the best practice for our attendees to take away. And how they consume it is really, really important. So like I said, understand and define what the event goals are, and then really start to map your programming to the attendee types and be honest with yourself. Like not everything should be live streamed. And honestly, not everything should just be in person. So we certainly had some healthy debates and great discussions with a number of stakeholders, but I think we've really gotten to a great mix of showcase opportunities for everyone for Cvent Connect. Yeah, that's great. And when you're thinking about that in-person experience, are there any unique elements that you needed to incorporate this year? Many. (laughs) Production alone, and I know Rachel and I could kind of go on for hours and hours about the unique production elements that are kind of intertwined and added to the scope for the in-person event as it relates to the virtual audience. In person, most notably as of right now, you know, health and safety is top of mind. We're just we're designing this space in our diagramming tools, event diagramming, and making sure that you know things are appropriately distanced. We've got really 
clear signage throughout the entire conference space. We've got flair on, on our name badges to kind of indicate social interaction comfort levels. So that's a big change or added component to the specific in-person experience for us. Absolutely. Wait, so flare, like, is it like a red, green, yellow, like stay away, come close? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the red would indicate conservative social interaction engagement, yellow, I'm feeling good about a, you know, elbow bump and green, let's shake hands. Yeah. We're working with our partner PC name tags to to come up with some unique ones too, so that people can uh, put a little personality into it if they want to get fun with it, or if they're open to hugs, or they just want a handshake, or they're just gonna you know wave from afar. So there's some fun ones that we're thinking about for this year for sure. Wow, that's really creative. I love that. I can't wait to see that in person. So when it comes to thinking about all these different audiences and some evergreen content that's going to come out of this event, when you're thinking about the agenda design, the content creation, I mean, where do you guys even start? <laughs> Great question. You know, Rachel and I partnered very closely with our product marketing teams to understand what the you know goals of the go-to-market strategy are, right? And our approach was, let's look at the marketing funnel and all of the topics that are really, really prioritized for us, and then kind of take that funnel perspective and attribute it to our traditional tracks and session titles. So when you look at our Seabrand Connect website, you're going to see there are eight unique tracks. We have a number of them that are we call cross-cloud, available to both of our customer audiences, the hospitality audience and the event professional audience. We've got tracks that are entitled Empowered Leaders, that sort of thought leadership, top of funnel content, which is really exciting and powerful currently in the industry. And then what we've got are sort of more best practices, what's trending, sort of that middle of the funnel, if you think about it, marketing content. And then we have bottom of the funnel, which is really customer case studies. This is how to utilize the Cvent products, stories that are, are kind of integrated into our total content plan. Fantastic. I'm sure we could talk all day about the content development and that whole process too. It would be really interesting. I know there's even a session at Connect that digs a little bit deeper into this. So for those of you listening, please make sure you add that to your schedule. Rachel, before we wrap this conversation, I really want to dig into that you know duty of care. I know that's on top of a lot of people's minds. Yeah, um, you know, sure. there's fun ways with the badges and things like that. But what else are you taking into consideration? You know, it's really funny timing that you ask, Brooke. Paulina and I met for like three hours last night about duty of care. I'm not even joking. You know, this far out from the event, we felt is an appropriate time to look at things again. Obviously, when we launched our website, things were different back then. And we alerted our attendees that we would be kind of monitoring the situation. Obviously, attendee safety is 100% top priority. That went into the decision-making, honestly, to, to host a hybrid event if we were going to be able to, by that point, dependent on the vaccination status. And we wanted to make sure that whatever we were doing was the safest possible. So we are getting ready to launch our new duty of care probably in the next week or so to attendees just so that they know that there are updated procedures per CDC guidelines. We're obviously following local guidelines. Our event is in Vegas and they are fully open. So we've taken all of those things into account. Obviously, we want to listen to the experts as when we, when we start doing our duty of care analysis. And so in the beginning, when we launched our duty of care looked a lot different than it is now. And, you know, for us, we wanted to wait until closer to the event to make sure that 
we were evaluating our sentiments in the sentiment survey within registration of people's comfort levels. We wanted to evaluate where we were within where we are right now in, in the U.S., you know, we talked about some of the things we're doing on site. We're still evaluating some more. There's obviously a lot of questions around, do you do temperature checks or testing or do you require vaccinations? A lot of those questions are really tough. And I know planners are dealing with that right now. We're working very, very closely with our legal team as well. We work very closely with our HR team. We decided that we were going to make it a requirement for all of our staff to have vaccinations. Obviously, it's up to attendees to have their own choice there. But yeah, I mean, Brooke, it's been <laughs> it's been a it's been a roller coaster of things because when once you think you know one thing, the rules change to another, and I'm sure everyone can identify with that. But yeah, like touchless check-in, I think stuff like that's going to continue to be part of events for a while. I think some of these like comfortability type experiences or the the distance chairs or zones where people can feel a little bit more comfortable and spaced out. Those things might continue for the foreseeable future until people think that we are actually quote unquote normal. I'm not sure what that means anymore, but you know, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. A lot goes into that and it's just like learnings along the way. It sounds like. Well, just a few seconds left here. Is there anything that you feel like the audience needs to know about hybrid event design? I think it's all about attendee comfort your event design is is geared towards your people so if you are you know planning events for pharma your attendees are going to be a lot different than maybe the tech world so just think about your goals and what you actually want to accomplish out of it if it's if it's just training and you don't need to be necessarily in person you can think about a hybrid training experience to offer that for both or you can think about offering live streamed content if your program is primarily main stage content Think about streaming that out so the people that might not feel comfortable are able to attend. And it's really about what your goals are and how how you want to reach your, your particular attendees or customers. Fantastic. Well, thank you both very much. For those of you listening, you don't want to miss this event. You can go to cventconnect.com to register for either the in-person or the virtual experience. And there's also a virtual premium experience that you can explore as well. Thank you, Rachel and Paulina, so much for taking time out of your day. And we will talk to you soon. Glad to be here. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks, Brooke.